The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Pendant, and we're joined now by Stephanie Regan, clinical psychologist, co host of the Tough Love podcast, to uh, talk about rejection therapy. But we figure we'll make her double job while she's here. I believe you're a regular visitor to London heading off this weekend. Yes. They're just Do funny. you agree was, with all of his recommendations? Yeah, very much so. And well, I'm going to go to that nas- to the uh, portrait. Um, Gallery, yeah, that was a good recommendation, I thought. But yeah, I love London and I think it's so diverse as you know, there's so much to see. And I don't funny I don't find it that expensive, but that is because I'm not always staying in hotels. Therefore, you know, that cuts a big chunk out of the cost. Interesting but. text here to avoid hotels saying, Hi lads, my daughter went to London with Ryanair last Thursday morning. Quick visit to the museum, then afternoon, back to the future show on a meal, and then flew home. In work the next day, love the short trip. It's yeah, an efficient can, way to do it, isn't it? You can get in and out to London so quickly from the airport. So that is a travel advice out of the way. Okay. Your main purpose for being with us is to talk rejection therapy. Explain this. Yeah. What okay. is it, first of all? So, well, first of all, it's not therapy, but it is. it was originally a game um, in about 2016. It was a game where people, you know, like a board game, where the task was get rejected every day and it was sort of, you know, a group of friends would play this, but the sole purpose of it was to be rejected. So it was just a bit of fun, really, nothing more. Rejected amorously or rejected in no, other in contexts? No, in anything, out to a stranger's, ask and, and be rejected. So kind of funny, you know, and you would say, you know, how, how can that be any good to anybody or is it just fun or, or would it indeed be fun or would it be just horrible? But in fact... What happened was this guy, Jia Jiang, he's an app developer, Chinese app developer. He particularly himself noticed that he was he was struggling himself with kind of an anxiety around rejection, which, of course, a lot of people, you know, can. And um, it can inhibit you and inhibit you in how you deliver yourself, you know, and how you present yourself. You're full of expectations that you're going to be put down again. Somebody's going to, you know, um, ignore you, make you feel bad in the moment, all of that. So he searched the Web And he came across this game and he decided in the game, it was a 30 day kind of challenge. He decided he'd do it for 100 days and he would video blog all of his experiences. Getting rejected every day for 100 days. Correct. Yes. And so it is a bit bonkers. I agree. And that is exactly what I thought. And when I read it, I thought, my God, there was like four million. I mean, TikTok is enormous, as we know. So it has got enormous traction. And I I suppose the clinician in me thought... This won't be good for everybody, you know. This, As long as this is fun, it's fun. But the therapy word, I suppose I slightly recoiled from because when you put in the therapy word, you're sort of implying there's something very therapeutic in it. Isn't that right? And that it has some kind of classification of some nature. So it does not. That said, I'm not kind of that kind of clinician, if you like, that is close to new things. You know, I think it's really important to be, you know, we don't know everything by any means and everything is constantly evolving. So I found myself having a look at what was going on on TikTok, if you look at it and you see the kind of, you know, videos that people are putting up, the kind of outrageous, you know, and people are going out, they ask people for 200 euro in the street or, you know, and, but what is quite interesting and indeed what this guy, Jia Jiang, noticed was that the more you ask people, the more surprised you become by how nice they are to you. Now, that was really the interesting point, that everybody didn't just reject them, even though they might be full of, you know, anticipation and full of the you're going to be horrible to me and you're going to knock me down and you're going to say no. They found that by staying in the moment and maybe just expecting the no, but pressing a little, that in fact they didn't get the no. Now, obviously not always. 
But well, this relates. Do you remember um, Cialdini's work where he established that if you asked for something very large and completely ridiculous, when people said no, if you then ask for something moderately large and a little less ridiculous, you greatly increase your chance of a yes to the latter than if you just ask flat. Of course, and there's something you you're absolutely right. There's something of that in it, but but in clinical terms and in therapeutic terms, what actually is going on? Because people noticed a benefit. People felt good and they felt more confident, and they thought, "I'm getting things that I never would have got before." You know, I'm. I'm a applying for things and I never would have done that before. So there was a bit of a confidence boost for people. And that was because they were, they were, as they say, testing reality. They were leaning into their fear, leaning into their anxiety, kind of seeing if, if um, and testing, is that what you actually think? Am I thinking the right thing about you? And then you surprise me by saying, well, OK, I'll do that for you. And so they're, what they're getting from it is a little confidence boost. They're also operating outside their comfort zone. And that is well known to tap you into resources in yourself that you never knew. Is you there had. a downside risk to it? Because I would know yes. of a series of people where I know, for instance, there is one, whenever you, I, there's a particular restaurant where I happen to know the maitre d' and I chat away to him and he'd say, there are certain people who I come in and I know as soon as they darken the door, they're on the take. They're looking for a freebie. They're trying to get something for nothing. They're looking mm. for discounts. And he therefore detests their presence. They probably don't know that. But they've gotten so ingrained into trying their luck yes. that they don't notice that they're offending everybody around them. Yes. Well, very possibly so. Yes. But, um, well, they're just, you know, they're in that in that mode, if you like. But the downside, if I may say, because obviously people only do this for 30 days or 100 days. Right. We know on TikTok, everybody's trying to go viral. You know, that's what young people are into. And I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be sort of old fashioned and restrictive about it. But I think you have to be a little you have to put a note of caution. Don't expect it really to cure much, but it may make you feel good. It, it, to lean into those fears and you may get some benefit. But the problem is there's millions of people on TikTok. They're not all stable and without psychological issues. And people can be sort of slightly duped, or not duped is the wrong word, really seduced into thinking that this is going to really do something for them. It may do something for you, but it, it's just as likely and as random that it will not. Um, because you're not having any real support around you. You know, we don't know what's wrong with starting. So, just a cautionary note. That's all I would say on that. Is there any evolutionary value in the fear of rejection? Is it a good thing to think twice before having a shot yes. at something that may not work? Yes, exactly. There is an evolutionary thing as well, if you like, if you think of it this way, in being part of a group. So people do not want to be rejected. We're hardwired to be averse to rejection. Also, it, it lights up the, the neural pathways that are absolutely the same as pain, physical pain, which is why often people say it hurts. No, it actually, there is a kind of a hurt involved. And I think that that is partly, that is the evolutionary thing. We need to be part of a group. We do better. We survive better as part of a group. So we recoil and we dance around life, if you like. We navigate life in such a way that we're not going to be rejected. So a little of it, you know, it's important that we're cautionary, if you like, in what we do, leave the rejection therapy idea outside, that, you know, it's important that we are primed to understand the possibility of rejection. And so it's not all a bad thing. Why are there then some people who are so good at it? There are always the people who say, I'll give it a shot and seem to be totally unencumbered by any fear of being turned down for anything. Well, I think if you have had, it's a balance of experience. It's also early, the earliest experiences often, you know, a traumatic early experience can lay down a different marker. So it's a balance between, it's like a seesaw, isn't it? It's a, you have enough belief in yourself that you can do it. 
and that gives you enough courage to try. But for some people, and this Jia Jiang guy, interestingly, he does a TED talk. And actually, you know, I find like I would listen to him very like your interview earlier today, which was brilliant, I thought, with um, uh, your digital Karen. editor, Kieran Bradley. I just thought, you know, fantastic. But when I listen, I can't help but listen with a clinical ear, you know, and the authentic, you know, nature of that was just very, very strong, I thought, and fabulous for men. But I think that this guy, Jia Jiang, when he was talking about his rejection, the core, if you like, trauma for him was that at the age of um, six or eight, he was he was at the front of the class and the teacher got everybody to make com- give compliments for people. And when they got their compliment, they all stood up. When they got their compliment, then they sat down and he was left at the end and he never got a compliment because nobody could kind of think one up. So, yeah, a little bit traumatic for him. So we can absolutely see how that would cripple you, how that would emotionally um, kind of, you know, mark you. And so every time then that echo is there because that's the way we are emotionally and psychologically. I always think of it like like Google, you know, that that word metonymical, where a little bit of the last thing is in the in the next thing. Well, the same thing happens, if you like, emotionally, the the, the something of the past is in the present. So if if you have been rejected in the past, the next time you feel you could possibly have that experience, it has the double impact and the double fear. I assume as well, though, people could be very surprised by how positive the general populace can be. I remember years ago, I I was running late for a flight and it was in a US airport, so there was TSA. And I said, look, is there, I'm really sorry, is there any way that I can get through to the front of the line? He says, yeah, there is, yeah. You need to ask every single person in the line if they let you pass. So I started at the back. And by the time I was halfway through the line, everybody was getting, go for it, have at it. Yeah. Out the, and you thought, there's a hundred yeah. random strangers just being nice to you. And that's maybe the key point about this. And maybe that's something people are loving, is that people are better than you think. On that Life note. isn't as hard as you think. <laughs> people aren't as cruel as you think. Stephanie, as ever, thank you very much. That is Stephanie Regan, who is clinical psychologist, co-host of the Tough Love podcast. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.